Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, coming to you on a Monday. And uh, we've got our Monday usual guest, Jason Cameron, joining us. We're going to break down some NFL, NBA, and some UFC, big UFC 272 pay-per-view card over the weekend. Uh, A lot of fun stuff to get into. Uh, Thanks a lot for joining me as always, Jason. Cheers, yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, something I've been looking forward to. Uh, I was definitely looking forward to seeing the fights, yeah, because I went out to go see a friend that uh, I unfortunately had to miss seeing over over the holidays, so that was a make good, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I I, yeah. I, I enjoyed uh, watching uh, the fights on Saturday night. I, I know you're not, um, you know, you're not a big gambler. I have made bets with you and I see you make bets with, uh, with friends here and there. Um, but, uh, would you, would have, have you ever been a very big gambler? No, not, not, not at all. I, I usually prefer my money in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've, uh, I've been on a really good gambling streak. I, I want to bet the other day you, you saw me make a bet with a guy. Um, uh, do you remember the bet that we made? Uh, what was that? Yes. Yeah, that must have been yesterday. Uh, do you remember that bet? Oh, not yesterday. No, it must no, have been no, late on Friday, 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 I guess. Friday, yeah. Do you remember and the no, bet that was made? Uh-uh. Uh, he, he, could, he swore that Brother Jake was oh. on our production. <laughs> okay. okay, yes. <laughs> now I remember. Now I remember. Yeah. yeah. And we both yeah. said that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he, yeah. he he kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. And then I finally went, all right, man, I'm pretty sure he's not on the show, but uh, yeah, go for it. No, and I pushed you, if you remember. I said, put the money on the table, boys. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's have some real money on this. Because yeah. I knew. I, and I think you knew that, too. It's like, oh, there's no way it could be him. <laughs> how could it be <laughs> how could it be like he's sense. literally like, no. like i don't know like a millionaire so i'm pretty yeah. sure he's retired he, he couldn't and, be on the uh, enjoying really uh, be. enjoying life <laughs> after radio and he's, he's uh, uh, yeah he's he's well done uh you and i you and i made a bunch of bets uh on a couple of ufc pay-per-views ago and i won a whole bunch of money there uh i've i've gambled here and there but uh, I heard about a, a gamble that was made today that uh, just absolutely did not make sense. It was probably the worst bet that's ever been made in the history of sports. Uh, a guy, a guy put fifteen hundred dollars on a few parlay bets, and he lost ten million. Wait, what? Yeah. How? The worst. The worst betting in the history of sports. The worst. And unfortunately, I got some bad news to tell you. It's probably going to hit home to you. Uh, it's, it's a guy that you know, that you love, and he's on one of your favorite teams. He uh, decided while he was injured and he wasn't playing, he would throw some bets down on the NFL on his own team and some other teams, uh, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been caught gambling and he's been suspended for the entire 2022 season. 
losing his entire $10 million contract for making a few lousy little bets. Wow. 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 Like, just like, <laughs> did, he, did he not do his history and know what happened to Pete Rose? You can't do that. Yeah. You literally cannot do that. You can't do that, man. Wow. Yeah, shocking. Shocking that he would take that risk, take that chance just for a little bit of juice. You know, uh, I, I, I love putting a little bit of money down. It sort of makes the thing a little more exciting to watch at times. Uh, I love doing DraftKings, FanDuel, and those. Uh, I, you know, I have to place some bets, like I said off the top, but to place these lousy little bets to run the risk of losing your football career is, is just mind blowing. Like we've seen NFL players make stupid mistakes, but this is just outrageous. This is really, really shocking. It doesn't even make any sense. Like, like I can't believe somebody in his inner circle would be like, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. I would stop doing that. Like immediately. Like, like I would stop doing that immediately cease and desist <laughs> like wow yeah. i just yeah the uh the nfl is being pretty hypocritical about this whole thing because they have embraced gambling like no other league has they seem to be uh getting in bed with all these gambling sites and and really putting a lot of uh attention and and getting sponsorship money from these gambling sites uh and you know this guy makes this little mistake and uh, boom, he's gone for a year and his suspension is indefinite. So it might actually push on uh, more and more and more. He's been suspended for sure 100% this season, but uh, Roger Goodell has the hammer and honestly could end his career over it. Yeah. And it would be his own, is it his own ridiculous fault? Like it's his own fault. Like he, Come on, man! You can't you can't bet on your own team. Like you, you just can't bet. Like you know, like if you are a professional athlete, you can't do that. You can't run the risk because once you get caught, well, as you can see, you run the risk of like losing your career, losing your entire career. Yeah, um, he only played in uh, six games last season, and then he said he wanted to step away from the game uh, due to some mental health issues. Um, but, um, yeah, I guess nobody was monitoring him until it was too late. Uh, he admitted to it. He made uh, some parlay bets November 23rd and November 28th of last year uh, through the Hard Rock Sportsbook in Florida. And, um, yeah, just uh, shocking that a guy would put his career on the line. And um, Atlanta's been struggling, uh, but this is going to really impact them, hurt them, because um, he's a great receiver, uh, has done a lot uh, on the field, but uh, he definitely won't, will not be there this coming year. Well, hopefully he learns from this, because, like, this is his prime, and he just wasted a prime year for him. Just utterly just threw it in the garbage. So hopefully now, uh, after this year off that he's just given himself to learn from this, hopefully the commissioner won't toss him out of the league and uh, he can come back and just be better because now he knows. You definitely can't do that. You can't do that. 
Yeah. You should have known that in the beginning, but whatever. Um, this is sort of another example, though, of the NFL really just going hard on players when they make mistakes. But when owners and executives make big mistakes in the NFL, they don't seem to punish them very heavily, sweep it under the rug, try to make sure none of the media hears about it. Um, you know, they've got the scandals with Brian Flores accusing Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner of, of bribing him, giving him money to throw games. Uh, Daniel Snyder got, has a lot of sexual harassment allegations on him. A Cowboys executive has allegedly been spying on filming and taking pictures of the cheerleaders while they're getting dressed. Uh, we've got uh, John Gruden suing the NFL, Brian Flores suing the NFL, and all this stuff just keeps getting swept under the rug when it's ownership level and executive level. But when it's players, boom, they throw the hammer down and uh, immediately just toss out a guy without even a second thought. Do you find it pretty hypocritical? Do you find it pretty hypocritical? <laughs> oh, no. I. You frozen on me? Have I frozen on you while I was talking? Okay. Yes. Okay. Did you catch did you catch what my rant? Yeah, you've been frozen on my screen for a bit here. Um what should you do? Do you want to quickly log in and out? Jason Cameron. Ah, there you go. I guess I guess he's logging in and out real quick. Uh, yeah, just shocking news today that comes down about Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know, de definitely we've seen a lot of horrible mistakes made by professional athletes, but this one is um, this one is a shocker. Uh, lots of really really dumb decisions and poor mistakes made by professional athletes but this calvin ridley thing is a as a shocker uh i was just saying the nfl is quite hypocritical over um you know the way that they handle their owners and executives compared to the players uh do you think that this was too much punishment for him and you know we should be hearing a lot more about the the owners and the executives that uh, pull off these kind of same things Ah. Ooh. Ooh, it happens. Froze again. Yeah. Am I frozen again? Yeah. Are, are you back? Can yeah. you hear me? Okay. You you sorry, you froze again. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Damn, damn. I missed damn. that. I missed it. Okay. <laughs> I missed it. I was just saying that the NFL is very hypocritical on their treatment oh, of the players compared this one's to not good. executives. Say that again. The NFL and Roger yep. Goodell are very hypocritical when it comes to 
the way they treat their owners and executives, coaches, and, and uh, when they make mistakes, but when players make mistakes, they really come down hard on them. Yes, yes. And it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's hypocritical. Like, it's like, well, we're, we're, we're going to treat the owners and like their GMs and stuff like this, but the players have to be treated like this. But to a certain extent, I guess I understand why that's happening because the players can actually affect like the outcome on the field. Okay. And that's why they can't gamble. That's okay. why they, they definitely cannot gamble. And so I understand that. I understand that. But it should be equal across the board. And especially if owners are telling coaches to throw games and stuff like that. Now nah, you can't have that either. And if that is true, if that's absolutely true, then that owner probably shouldn't be having a team anymore. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see uh, what shakes out in the wash there with Steven Ross and the Dolphins. Um, okay, tomorrow is the deadline for te- NFL teams putting on the franchise tag. Uh, most teams seem to be leaning towards a top receiver to uh, put this franchise tag on him. It's uh, $18.42 million this year. And um, supposedly the Packers are planning on putting it on Devontae Adams. And they have offered, quote, a market-altering money contract to Aaron Rodgers to stay in Green Bay, uh, absolutely dwarfing, supposedly, uh, Patrick Mahomes' contract, 10 years, $450 million. Uh, The Packers currently sit $26.4 million over the cap, uh, so I'm not sure how they can pull this off, but uh, what are your thoughts uh, hearing what the Packers are trying to pull off? What the heck is market altering supposed to mean? That's, that's what I'm curious about. Like how much, like, okay. So Aaron Rodgers is pretty deep into his NFL career at this point in time. How many more years does he have left? Yeah. So like what, how much money are you going to give this guy? Are we talking like if they say market altering and they say it with asterisks, bunny ears, you're talking like 60 million, 65 million a year? Yeah. Or closer to 70? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Like, can't wait. Can't wait to hear uh, what shakes down. Um, there's been a lot of shocking news in uh, Green Bay and, and with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, supposedly, he has agreed to three different co- contracts with three different teams. He's agreed to a contract with the Broncos, the Titans, and the Steelers. And he said that if things don't uh, progress properly, uh, he will announce to the Packers who he wants the trade to be made to. So supposedly his agent has already secured those contracts, and he's just waiting to see what the Packers do. If they get Adams, if they address some of the needs they have, and they give uh, Aaron Rodgers all the money uh, that he's wanting, <laughs> then he won't uh, fulfill these contracts with these other three teams. But um, I can't believe that uh, they would actually put pen to paper, put these deals in place, and get ready to make the deal if the Packers don't step up and hand him the Keys to the house, to, to the entire organization. Uh, 
you know, we're talking, yeah, like you say, 50, 60, 70 million dollars. Like, wow. Kind of holding them hostage a bit. No, no, no. Not kind of. He, he is. Like he's, he's literally holding them hostage and saying, okay, so I just need you guys to do everything on my list. I got a list here. Do all of these things. Plus on top of that, pay me an absurd amount of money. And then I'll consider coming back. I'm not saying yes yet, yeah. but I'll consider it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Unreal. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they just announced today that the cap will be going up by $25.2 million. It was $182.5 million last year. Uh, this year in 2022, uh, $208.2 million will be uh, the full cap. So it gives teams, um, yeah, a bunch more money to play with. All, all the teams have more than $25 million to play with. So uh, I think we're going to see some unprecedented contracts this offseason. Going to be some just incredible deals. And uh, supposedly some more TV money is coming in at the end of 2022. And the cap's supposed to rise even more significantly uh, going into the following season. Wow. Just... Wow. I guess like the NFL is just uh, the league of plenty, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But also, too, kind of deserving after what we just saw with the playoff runs that, that they just had and yeah. all the amazing games that they had. Yeah. Proves once again that they're number one. That's period. true. Yeah. Um, okay. We, I said Broncos, uh, number one on Aaron Rodgers' list, supposedly. Uh, they just made an announcement. They're trying to get Von Miller back after he left for a season, went to the Rams, won a title. Uh, they were are hoping to reunite him with his teammates. And it sounds like he's um, really considering it. Oh, he should. He should really consider it. Unless um, somehow the Rams can keep him on their team. But I don't think, I don't know if they have room uh, to keep him and to pay him the amount of money that he's actually worth, you know, like, so if, if that's where he, cause like, you know, Denver's was his home for so long. So it's, uh, it's, it's very easy for him to go back. And then plus on top of that, we don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. If they're looking for a quarterback or not. Yeah. So then right. if they get like one of those quarterbacks, that's like floating around, maybe they could improve their chances significantly. Yeah. Uh, tons of rumors that Christian McCaffrey is on the move. Uh, Carolina has been getting a ton of interest this offseason. Uh, they're they are asking for a first round pick and another vital piece out of any organization that wants him. Uh, he's two years into a four year, $64 million deal he signed in 2020, uh, but he's only played 10 of 33 games since he signed that contract, uh, he has really had a lot of trouble staying on the field. Highest paid running back in the game. He's only 26 years old. Uh, will be 26 years old at the start of this coming season. Um, is, would it be smart for an organization to, uh, to make a deal and get this guy, or is he too injury prone? I think it would be... I think it depends on, you know what? It depends on the organization, depends on where he goes. I think it'd be beneficial to get him, 
but I don't know if you give him another contract and maybe you just let him go. You just get his services for the duration of his contract right now. Right. And see if he can stay on the field healthy before you pull the trigger and maybe give him a contract extension or whatever. But you you take you take the flyer, you take the risk and see how his health is. If it, it can even hold up, that's what I would do. Yeah. But uh, as, as far as giving him another contract and if his health doesn't hold up, nope, can't do that. That's true. Um, lots of talk about this franchise tag deadline is tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, as I said, most teams are looking at their uh, wide receivers uh, to place that on. The Bucks uh, say they're going to make Chris Godwin uh, the franchise tag. Uh, Chargers say Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams had a great year last year, 1,146 yards. 76 catches and nine TDs. Um, $18.42 million. Not bad, not bad at all. Uh, supposedly, uh, Dallas was considering putting on a franchise tag on Michael Gallup, but they are now close to signing a deal for a five-year deal with him for $50 million. So they're going to get a little bit money off for a long-term deal. Uh, they must be very confident that he can come back healthy after his ACL tear last year. He missed half the season last year with that. And sounds like they are moving on from Amari Cooper and they want to put all their eggs in one basket on Michael Gallup. Um, wise move or what do you think? Well, if you looked at like uh, stats with uh, Prescott with Amari Cooper, as opposed to without Amari Cooper, they're glaringly different. Yeah. He's not that good without that guy. True. I'm kind of surprised that the, the Cowboys are making this move and moving off of Amari Cooper because those two have synergy. They're a great duo. They're a great team yeah. of quarterback and receiver, and they, they understand each other. And so when you decide to give up on something like that, it's uh, it, could, it could be detrimental to the Cowboys going forward. Yeah. Um, supposedly they need to free up some cap space. What I've heard is one of the reasons why they've decided to move on from Cooper. Uh, not a done deal yet, but uh, looking like that's what's going to happen. Uh, we mentioned the Falcons off the top with Calvin Ridley. Uh, there was rumors earlier in the offseason that maybe Matt Ryan was going to be um, out, but uh, the owner and management has come in and say, no, uh, Matt Ryan's our guy. Uh, you know how much he makes this coming season? Oh, uh, if I had to guess, it was about 45 million. 48 million he's making. Oh, super close, super close. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, like how and, and Matty Ryan, like he's got to be is he in his 40s? Mm, not quite, I don't not, think. Not quite, but he's getting, he's, up, he's there, getting yeah. up there. Yeah, he yeah, sure he, is. Yeah, getting long in the tooth. Yeah, I don't know. I think Falcons are in some trouble, man. Oh yeah, I know that's your team. I'm sorry to say they're uh, they're they're uh, in they're in some deep deep doo doo. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson facing another year of no football. His legal situation is still up in the air. Um, there was no real interest in in trying to secure his rights and get him moved over anywhere. Um, I guess I'm not surprised. Are you? I am definitely not surprised because everybody's just like, well, I don't know how that's going to end. 
and it hasn't ended yet. It hasn't been figured out. Like, it's been a freaking year. Like, how much longer is it going to take? Yeah. And also, too, <laughs> is this going to end badly for you? Are you going to go to jail? All of these question marks, that's why you can't have them on your team. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots made a big announcement today. They're releasing their veteran linebacker, Kyle Van Noy. It clears about $5 million in cap space. Uh, they walked away from him once before uh, when he signed with the Dolphins in 2020. He got released by the Dolphins after that season, returned to the hoodies clutches, and uh, he's out again. Um, I understand that uh, he's going to have a lot of suitors. He's only 30. And, um, uh, yeah, it has been uh, in, you know, some really good systems in, in with the hoodie. And uh, that, I think he'll be a good addition uh, as a linebacker for many teams. Yeah, he, he would be a great addition to many teams. Um, he'll definitely find a home somewhere uh, to, for an organization that fits him and fits what he brings to the table. Yeah. Uh, lots of talk about Lamar Jackson. Uh, looking for an extension. Um, he's making 23 million in 2022, uh, mostly with bonuses. Uh, this will be his fifth year option if he signs it. Um, supposedly, his management uh, has asked him to sign this extension, go for two franchise tags after that, and then he'll be a free, free agent at 28 years old. And he could possibly at that time be the first hundred million dollar, a million dollar a year guy. Uh, he only made one point seven million in base salary last season, and this year, uh, each week he's going to make one point two eight million, so uh, nearly equaling his entire twenty twenty one salary every week this year. And he's only making twenty three million, which is half of what some of these top guys are making. Yeah. So he's probably going to listen to his agent and say, I am going to cash out large in literally three, in three, after three seasons. And he deserves that money because he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, yeah. especially when it comes to running the ball. So. Uh, Shocking when I saw that he's only made 9.8 million in bonus and salary in his last four years combined. Uh, this year he's gonna about two and a half times that. Um, Kirk Cousin did that same route where he got the franchise tag after signing his fifth year option and he got three years at 84 million dollars. And that's Kirk Cousins, who's kind of you know not an elite top guy, so. Uh, look out, especially when this salary cap keeps rising up and rising up year after year, uh, unprecedented levels. Um, yeah, the NFL's uh, gonna have some amazing, amazing contracts coming up in these next coming years. Here, it, it sure is. We're, we're gonna be talking about money where you're just like, <laughs> it, it's gonna get ridiculous. Yeah, it's gonna get ridiculous. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I started off talking about football and Calvin Ridley in trouble here. Uh, we just got news today that um, Richard Sherman will avoid jail time. Uh, he pled guilty Monday to two misdemeanor charges and a traffic violation. 
uh, that was all related to a, a July domestic incident he had with his um, fiance and, and his or his wife and his in-laws. Uh, there was a lot of charges thrown at him. Uh, luckily, he will um, avoid any further detention unless he violates the conditions of two-year um, monitored court supervision, they call it. Uh, he was ordered to pay $500 for the traffic violation, $1,300 in fees, and supposedly he owes some restitution to his father-in-law. Uh, good that uh, this didn't go farther because uh, they threw uh, criminal trespass at him, domestic violence, malicious mischief, a uh, whole bunch of charges related to his driving. Um, yeah, and it, it looked ugly for a little while there, but luckily he's been able to avoid jail time and uh, will just be monitored for a couple of years. Uh, as long as he can stay out of trouble, he won't uh, yeah, see any further uh, jail time or anything like that. As long as he stays out of trouble. Yeah. That could be very difficult for him or it could be very easy. I yeah. guess only time will tell. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we had a big UFC card this weekend. Uh, UFC 272. Very anticipated because of the uh, hatred, the animosity, the absolute uh, anger that was coming out of these guys. It used to be best of friends, roommates, uh, teammates for many years, cornered each other. Uh, really kind of grew up in the sport together and uh, got a hate on for each other. Everybody was really excited and looking forward to this because, uh, you know, sometimes you really want to see that anger and that frustration and you really want a guy to beat down a guy. But uh, this was a one-sided affair, very, very boring fight. Masvidal just didn't really come out with that anger and, uh, you know, the type of attitude that we've seen him before. And uh, Covington was able to take him down six times, grind out a win, and uh, really left a sour taste in my mouth. I hate this guy. I think he's a black mark on the sport, and he's just uh, really frustrating to listen to, to see. I just wish somehow somebody would have really uh, knocked him out, taken him out of the sport. But, um, yeah, what were your thoughts watching, uh, watching this main event on Saturday night? Severe disappointment. Severe disappointment. I am like you, not a fan of Colby Covington, but I cannot deny his talent. Sure. I knew going in that Masvidal better have had worked on his cardio and better be in for a long night because that's the one thing that this guy does. He will bring it to you. He yeah. will be on top of you, will smother you, and he will be relentless with his takedown attempts over and over again. All of these things, not something that Masvidal didn't know that was coming at him. He knows all of this, thing, this stuff is going to happen in this yeah. fight. Yeah. And it just didn't matter. It seemed like it just didn't matter. Like Covington was able to impose his will at uh, pretty much every level. The only time Masvidal had a chance was when he caught him with a hook in the fourth and dropped him to a knee, but did not pounce on him. Yeah. Didn't pounce on him. Kind of let him off the hook after that. And then Covington just kind of went through, recovered, and just did what he was doing throughout the course of that fight, which is smother and uh, dominate in the grappling aspect of the fight. 
Yeah, it was very weird when he uh, when he rocked him in that fourth round, uh, put him down to a knee, uh, got the knockdown. Um, but it just seemed like almost he didn't even notice it somehow. He just seemed dazed. He wasn't, um, yeah, he didn't go after him, didn't attack him, didn't throw anything. Uh, just actually seemed to back up and let Covington, um, you know, keep throwing and doing what he was doing. So I don't know what was wrong with Masvidal. Um uh, it was very weird. Uh, I just, I just didn't see this type of performance out of a guy that really seemed to hate the other guy across the cage from him, uh, but really didn't show much emotion at all. They, they jawed at each other a little bit after each round, you know, the ref was in the middle and have to, you know, separate them kind of bit. But other than that, um, yeah, just, it was really disappointing after it was, so hyped up and you thought, wow, this is real bad blood. This will be fun, but did not live up to the hype at all. Did not live up to the hype. <laughs> I see. Jason has frozen again. <clears throat> yeah, you know, this, uh, these technical issues, uh, yeah, rearing their ugly head again. Um, yeah, it didn't live up to the hype there, did it, Jason? It didn't live no, up. No, no, it did not live. No, it didn't live up to the hype at all. Like it just, it just really didn't. I, I wanted to see a really knockout, drag out war. I, I wanted to see some, like, just, just a, a stellar fight yeah. because you know sometimes animosity will bring out the best in people. Where there's like, no, I'm not. I refuse to lose to this person. I refuse. Yeah. And I just didn't see that utter refusal in Masvidal's game uh, on Saturday night. I just didn't see it. So. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was disappointing. And, you know, I, I feel that that Colby Covington uh, really puts a bad name on mixed martial artists. I always love that they have a five round battle like that. They usually hug each other sportsmanship. They usually praise each other and their post, uh, fight comments. Um, I, I just really dislike when a guy is like this and he gets so much media exposure, so much press, and it's just a guy that's just spewing hate, says a lot of really ridiculous, stupid things, calling out Dustin Poirier, where are you, swamp trash? And, you know, it's just uh, it's just frustrating because uh, this, this is a sport that I love, near and dear to my heart. Uh, I, I just respects so many of the guys in it that are really good people, uh, really good sportsmen. And, uh, you know, they know that the guys are coming in there risking their lives and uh, they got a lot of respect for each other. But this guy shows nobody respect whatsoever. Nobody respects. And, you know, like me, I, 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 I want to say at one point in time in his career, he did do that. He did show people respect, but apparently since, he wasn't making the the effect that he wanted. Came up with this character yeah. that all of a sudden became who he really is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was always under the surface. This guy that he now is, but it's just it's it. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like it. Like it just he just seems like a very disgusting human being to me. But mm -hmm. I know somebody who does love it. He loves it. And that's Data White. Uncle Data just like, yeah, woo. The worse you are, the more money you make me good enough. Wow. 
Okay, so what's next for both of these guys? What do you, where, where do you see them go? Okay, so for Masvidal, I don't think this loss actually really hurts him all that much. I think he's he can still make you can still make plenty of fights with him. Um, I know Connor has been popping off a little bit lately, wanting to move, maybe possibly move up to 170, possibly fight Masvidal. That could be a real fight. That could be something that could happen. And as for Covington, unfortunately, he's in this weird situation where he's like, uh, he's a gatekeeper, man. That's what, that's who he is right now. Right. He's still number one, but nobody has any interest in, in fighting Kamaru Usman again. Right. He's already lost twice. So yeah. now you have to get past Covington to fight Kamaru, but who's going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess the only thing he can hope for is that Leon Edwards beats Camaro, and then I guess he probably gets the title shot if uh, it's Leon. Yes, that is literally, or whoever challenges the champ, Leon or the next guy, if Camaro beats him, whoever can beat that guy, then Covington can try to come in and beat him. But if Camaro never loses, uh, well, that's too bad. <laughs> Do you see him moving weight classes if uh, he has to wait a few years for another title shot? Oh, man. Oh, okay. I Honestly, I think he's too small to move up to 185. I think he's, I, I don't think that, that's good for him. And I don't think he can move down to 155. I think that would deplete him way too much. Yeah. So, yeah, he's kind of in a no-win situation again. I think yeah. that's 170 is where he's got to be. Do you think uh, the UFC will expand to have more weight classes in the next three, four years? Do you, do you see that being a possibility that there'll be more weight classes added? Uh, there should be. There should be because, like, some of the gaps are just way too big. 185 to 205, 20 pounds. 185 to 170, 15 pounds. It, yeah, they should have more weight categories. I don't think it should go to the extent of boxing. That's like ridiculous. It's like every three or four pounds. So don't do that. No. But I think finding some middle ground in between these like larger uh, uh, differences in weight, I don't, I don't think that's uh, a hard ask. Yeah. I think Masvidal is still probably number two guy that moves the needle the most uh, in the UFC. Uh, is, is that a shock that a guy that lost, he's lost his last three fights? Uh, he can still move the needle this much? No, of course not. Because Nate Diaz does the same thing. We all love Nate Diaz. It doesn't even matter if he's like, oh, lost that one. But it's like, sometimes it's the way that a, a man loses, which all of a sudden can still elevate him. Now, that loss doesn't elevate Masvidal. But in my humble opinion, I don't think it hurts him that much either. Uh, okay, let's switch to the co-main event. Um, it was supposed to be uh, Rafael Dos Anjos against Rafael Fiziev. Uh, Fiziev ended up getting COVID. Uh, he had some visa <clears throat> issues, their first uh, go-round. Then he got COVID, had to be replaced. Renato Moicanos put up his hand and said, I want to come in. Uh, was, re was the replacement uh, with, five? I think, five days' notice. Um do you think he regrets it at all? Because uh, he's going to be sore for weeks.
what did you hear? Do you think Hanato Moicano regrets uh, taking this fight against RDA? Can you hear me now? Uh, I can kind of hear you. Please go ahead. Okay, there we go. Do there you think? Do you think? You. Do you think Hanato Moicano has any regrets uh, taking this short notice fight? Uh, maybe a little bit because he got utterly wrecked in this fight. Like he didn't stand a chance. Like Dos Anjos really took it to him to the point that, you know, the analysts were calling for the fight to be stopped in the third round. I kind of looked at that and said, no, he's really, he's really getting hurt in there. Maybe it is time to stop the fight. I, he, he took a risk. And whenever anybody takes a short notice fight like this, you take the risk. You run the risk of it, it's it's all or nothing sort of deal. And unfortunately, Boycano got nothing, but I think he still got something. All right, he didn't win the fight. Obviously, he kind of got do- he got dominated and it almost got stopped. But the ref didn't stop the fight. And I want to say this: the man showed a warrior's heart, especially in that last round, which I kind of feel that I think he won that round. Like, and, and that's amazing yeah. to say that because he got pounded into pace for four rounds. Yeah, so, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah, he actually came back because uh, they were so close to stopping it. They were, you know, yeah. wanting to, you know, the commentators were like, throw in the towel, guys. It's not He's not going to win. There's no chance. And then all of a sudden he rocks RDA. And uh, has him hurt and, yeah, won that fifth round. Uh, uh, that's why sometimes I just love that referees give the guy as many chances as possible, uh, you know, to, to pull it out. That would have been that would have been one of the biggest comebacks we've ever seen. Absolutely. Absolutely would have been one of the biggest com- uh, comebacks we've ever seen. And, again, that loss, like we were talking about before with the last fight, that loss – elevates Moicano. That doesn't take anything away from him. It definitely does not. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, RDA was one of those, uh, you know, top pound pound for pound guys for many years. He was, uh, you know, just knocking guys out uh, left and right. He had only, he had such a massive winning streak. I think it was like 11 in a row or something like that. Uh, Only Khabib was in the middle of that. And uh, a lot of people are sort of Sleeping on him, uh, I think he's he's looking as good as ever. Oh yeah, he looked dominant. He looked good. He looked like the the RDA of old that we've seen. Uh, he looked excellent, and there was every sort of level that you could fight on in MMA. Dos Anjos seemed like he he had it on Mo- Moicano. He was like just a step ahead in everything. Except for that fifth round. Except yep. for that fifth round. No. Uh, one of the shocks of the night for me was uh, the way Bryce Mitchell handed, handled Edson Barboza. Uh, Barboza threw his patented kicks early, uh, but Thug Nasty said, no, nah, I'm dominant. I'm taking you out. And he really showed that he is uh, he's a force to be reckoned with. This guy was 
great on Saturday night. Yeah, is, is grappling superiority so super dominant? Edson Barboza is good enough that he shouldn't be dominated like that, but he was utterly dominated. Yeah. Had no chance. Like that, like I last time we saw Barboza get dominated like that was Norma Gamedov and Kevin Lee. Yeah. And Mitchell doesn't look like those last two guys, but still dominated him in the same fashion. I was utterly impressed. Yeah. 175 ground strikes he threw in the fight. Uh, <laughs> over 11 minutes of ground control. And uh, the scores were 30 27, 30 26, and 30 25. Uh, that was uh, amazing. He just imposed his will. And uh, this is a guy out of Arkansas. You know, never really hearing too many guys from Arkansas that are uh, becoming what, some of the elite fighters. And uh, that featherweight division has hell of a lot of great fighters in it. And uh, look out, Bryce Mitchell is on his way up. Yeah, Bryce Mitchell is on his way up. And uh, uh, he put the division on notice by that dominating, dom dominating performance <laughs> on Boza. Yeah. Um, what about Trailblazer, Kevin Holland? Uh, love him. Always fun, fun to watch him. Uh, he had a up and down first round. And then the second round, once he, he landed that shot to cow, cowboy, uh, dropped him and then just swarmed him uh, a few short shots and then some elbows uh, forced Chris Tognoni to stop it. TKO. And um, yeah. Wow. Uh, it was a lethal end to that fight. Very lethal kind of sudden actually to be honest with you because the first round was going all the bear's way and he oh and he ended it with a rear naked choke attempt that he was trying to sink in at the end of the first round uh, so yes yes Holland exactly like, no, no i'm okay i'm okay, I'm okay. But, yeah <laughs> but it didn't look good right so Oliver was in a very dominant position and the momentum was going his way then Holland took it all back when he hit him with that hook that knocked him down and then the ground and pound to the KO victory. But to, for me, when I remember watching that fight, it seemed quite sudden that uh, all of a sudden Holland just did it, made his move and then the fight was over. Bam. Yeah, it was quick. Just very, very fast. Yeah, just a short right hand. Boom. Knocked him back against the cage and fight was over quick. Uh, yeah, it was. You were wondering, yeah, this uh, looks like Oliveira might have the upper hand, but uh, yeah, quick shot uh, done. Um, uh, okay, the, the fight that started off the main card was a heavyweight battle, and uh, we've got the Polar Bear uh, against the Prince of War, and uh, yeah, luckily the Polar Bear uh, is not extinct on this evening. Uh, they have a lot of troubles up in the north because the Polar ice caps are melting and they're not, you know, getting enough places to, to uh, feed on their seals. But uh, this night, boom, he, uh, the polar bear fed on Greg Hardy. And um, I don't know, man, I think I'm done with the Greg Hardy experiment. I think uh, it's time to cut him. I think he can go somewhere else. If he wants to stay in mixed martial arts, go on the regional circuit, learn how to uh, stop people from taking you down. And, uh, you know, get some proper 
MMA training, not just striking. You got to uh, be able to handle takedowns and gr- ground game. Um, yeah, I'm done with Greg Hardy. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that the experiment is now over. Like, like you know, like I'm sorry, Greg, but I kind of put you in the same category as CM Punk, better fighter, by the way, but yeah. still in the same sort of category. Um, and Spivak. Hey, I give him all the credit in the world, which is just like, okay, so this guy's got a lot of power, but he can't grapple. So I'm just going to put him on the mat. And then he did actually something that was very smart, which is then I'll let him get up. And so he battles up, take him down again and totally sapped his gas tank after that. And then it was just a lot easier for him to get the stoppage and get the win. Done. He was... uh... 291 pounds on Tuesday when he stepped on the scale. Uh, so he had to get back down wow. to 266 within three days. Um, obviously, to me, to me, that's that's not what a mixed martial arts artist should be doing. You shouldn't be three days, you know, having to drop, you know, another 25 pounds and and you know trying to. Uh, be ready to fight the next day uh, seems insane. No, that's ridiculous. He should have been at his weight three, uh, actually a week ago. Yeah. You know, a week before you have to weigh in. You, your weight should be on point. It should be. I, 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 don't, I don't understand the logic of that to sap yourself to the extent where you have to lose 30 pounds before you get into the octagon and fight for your life. Really? Yeah. Sounds incredibly smart. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. He um, he was a force in the in the NFL for a little bit. Um, tried mixed martial arts at the highest level. They've given him all the the chances in the world, but uh, he's four and five in the UFC and three losses in a row. Uh, I don't see very many guys. Um, you know not just just not taking him down immediately he's so weak at that that you know you you would just automatically do that uh, most heavyweights um you know that are in the ufc uh know how to take guys down and you know that's all that's all that's going to happen so what more are we going to see from this guy unless he he changes his game a bit yeah unless he changes his game but i think he's had a couple years to do that and still no change yeah. So yeah, I, I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I think the experiment is over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about the feature prelim. Uh, Jalen Turner uh, really amped it up in the second round, like we talked about with Kevin Holland. Uh, Jamie Malarkey was swarmed, overwhelmed, broken face, everything, and the tarantula really showed how lethal he can be. He was the thing that struck me the most in this fight was just how much bigger Turner seemed than Malarkey. Like he, he seemed like a giant compared to Malarkey. No. And he used that physical him being physically imposing and he dominated him physically. He yeah. manhandled Malarkey. Sure yeah. Manhandled it. Yeah. It was yeah. not close. This was not close. Yeah, and that's four stoppages in a row for Turner. Uh, really looking great. Uh, his record's not amazing, got 12 and 5, but um, nine knockouts, four stoppages in a row now. And uh, yeah, he looks big for that division. And 
look out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that he gets some really good competition next. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm definitely keeping an eye out for him uh, moving forward. But uh, he took out a really tough fighter in Malarkey, and he made it look easy. One of my favorite uh, moments of the whole entire evening was when Marina Morose Mar- ended up Maria ended up beating Maria Agakova. <laughs> sorry, yeah. um, the Ukrainian fighter, the only Ukrainian female fighter on the roster. Uh, she was the underdog going in. Uh, this is actually also a bitter rivalry. They used to be teammates and friends, and they hate each other now for some reason. And uh, I was really happy to see Moroz get the victory, dedicated to her family and the people of Ukraine. She said she's been receiving so much love and support from people. Uh, she was in tears, and I don't think that too many people had dry eyes after you know, realizing all the things that she's went through to get this victory. It's amazing that she was able able to even fight, if you think about it, mm-hmm. considering, like, you know, her country's at war, her friends, family, loved ones are all in danger. Like, it's... and But she was still able to go out, compete, and get a dominant win and a dominant performance win at that. So I, I, was, I was impressed. Disciplined performance, smothered, smothered her from round one to round two until she finally took Agapova out with the submission win. Um, yeah, she looks fantastic. She looked great. Yeah, I was, I was absolutely thrilled with it. Um, you know, that we've, we've seen a few of Ukrainian athletes uh, having to play with, you know, compete with heavy hearts and worry that uh, must be there for your friends and family. They're all in severe danger. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was a great night and it was nice to see the American crowd really get behind her, give her a massive cheer and everybody realized, uh, yeah, what it took for her to even just be there, uh, and then get a, get her hand raised in victory. Uh, it was a special moment. I I really loved it. (laughs) I never know what you hear. I never know what you hear. Um, I never know when you freeze. I don't know if when you freeze, I freeze at the same time. But, um, yeah, the, I, I can see you moving again now. Uh, uh, to me, that was just the, the, my favorite moment of the, of the evening. <laughs> Did you hear anything there? Damn it, damn it, damn it. Okay, I, I, I need to just hold up a sign, talk oh, now, man. talk now, Jason. I'm just holding up a sign, talk now. Yeah. It's it's on you, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Okay, what did you say? <laughs> I just said it was my favorite part of the evening, uh, that, that victory. No, no, yeah, that was my favorite part of the evening too. It was great what she had to say. Uh, the sentiments that she had for her countrymen as they uh, go through this, I don't know, meaningless war. But uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't be happier for her win. And I hope, my hope is that the Ukrainian people don't have to go through this war for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. Uh, sad to hear that uh, 
Daniel Cormier wasn't on the the that, cast because uh, his his mother had passed away. Uh, he, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to him. Uh, super great guy, great champion of the UFC, and uh, love hearing his his commentary. Uh, yeah, it was uh, sad to hear that his his mother has uh, passed away, and he was um, yeah doing funeral arrangements um, on Saturday night. Yeah, that kind of yeah that 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 part sucked because Daniel Cormier is such a great human being, a great person, and is always is a tough thing to go through when you lose a loved one. So our thoughts and prayers are with the Cormier family. Uh, early prelims, uh, kind of noted, noteworthy for a couple of, uh, you know, cheaters that uh, came in. Uh, Khabib was in the corner for these two guys. Um, but uh, I don't really want to put any glory on Russians right now. I, you know, I think the world has to uh, really put you know, sanctions on them, uh, not only economically, but uh, sports-wise. But they did make the announcement that Khabib is making the Hall of Fame. Uh, Let's talk about that on another time. Let's talk about it when he actually gets inducted. Um, You know, great moment for him, great moment for his family. But uh, I'm I'm really not uh, wanting to praise much about the Russians these days. Understood. Understood. Um, like, like I said before, I don't, I don't know why this war is even happening. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't see what Russia is going to gain from this. I just see the loss of human life, which is going to be continuing as these aggressions keep going on and on. And that's the, that's the real loss here. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, any other comments you want to make about the early prelims? Uh, only thing I'd like to uh, touch upon was the Rodriguez versus Zionan fight. I thought that was an excellent fight. I thought that Zionan looked fantastic in the first half of that fight, using excellent footwork, used her angles to dart in and out. But then Rodriguez made the adjustments for the second half of the fight, right. uh, listened to her corner, and managed to win a very, very, very close fight. Split decision win. Uh, I believe against like the top that the way the, the top women in that division, uh, both women. And now that Rodriguez won, uh, she's got to be considered to be right up there for a title shot. If not one more fight before a title shot. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots to talk about that. Um, I think that uh, Carla Esparza is going to be fighting Rose Namajunas next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um Marina might be in that mix uh, to fight either one of those girls. So, um, yeah, she's uh, she's risen up the ranks. So it was a big victory. I, I kind of thought Zionan uh, actually won that. I thought she won the first two rounds. And I was, you know, even though Rodriguez definitely came back in that third, I didn't think she did enough in the late um, part of that second round to take that uh, that round. But as he said, it was a, Split decision, and um, uh, Rodriguez got her hand raised, and uh, yeah, nothing else we can do about it now. Yep, nope, nope, nothing else we can do about it. Rodriguez won, but it was a very, very close fight. Very close fight. Uh, let's just briefly touch on the card this coming Saturday, our, our early card. Uh, our main event is Thiago Santos against Magomed Ankeliev. 
Um, Santos, former title challenger, fighting uh, another guy that's a up and comer. Uh, you know, one of those guys that, um, yeah, from that Dagestan area, and uh, you know, having a chance at a, a main event card here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think somebody's going to get knocked out. I do not think this fight will go to decision. Yeah, yeah somebody's somebody's going to sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I love Marlon Marais. Uh, looking forward to him fighting. Uh, Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy, always a lot of fun. He brings a lot to the table. Uh, that opening fight on the main card, Alex Pereira and Bruno Silva should be Phenomenal. We get to see uh, T-Rex again so fast against Drew Dober. Uh, yeah, what what fights are standing out for you uh, on the card? I like the co-main event, Marlon Rice versus Song Yudong. Uh, those guys are just going to battle it out. They're, nobody's going to be taking a step back. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm intrigued by the Sadiq Youssef-Alex Caceres fight. I nice. think that's also going to be another sleeper hit. I, actually... One more fight, too, that I would really like. I love the Khalil Roundtree, Carl Roberson fight, too, as well. Yeah. I like all three of those fights. I love Roundtree, yeah. He's fun to watch, for sure, yeah. Uh, and on the prelims, uh, Semmelsberger, great uh, great fighter. Don't know too much about AJ Fletcher, but I'm sure at 9-0 and should be a good competitor. Uh, we've got Canadian Jillian Robertson on the card. Trevin Jones, always love to see him. Uh, and yeah, on and on. Uh, yeah, should be, uh, should be a hell of a card. Uh, it's nice and early, uh, prelim start at one o'clock Pacific, uh, and main card starts at four o'clock Pacific. So you'll be able to, well, we'll be able to watch the fights and still have a Saturday night to go out, out on. Yes. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. And it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good card. Really strong fights, man. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's UFC uh, Vegas number 50. I think uh, we've had 50 cards from Vegas since the uh, pandemic. Yes. And, uh, yes. Pandemic's, yes pandemic's been going, what, like 21 years now or something shitty like that? How long has the pandemic going, been going? Is it 21 years, 22 years? How long uh, has it been? I, uh, you know, I just lost track. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just ongoing, it's On, ongoing and relentlessly ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the NBA a little bit before we call it a night. Um, there have been uh, a lot of jockeying for positions in that Eastern conference uh, top. Uh, yeah. A lot of the teams are, are looking pretty good. The only team that's, that's really fading right now at this moment are the Chicago Bulls uh, lost five in a row. Uh, the Heat have taken the top positions. Sixers and Bucks are right there, second and third, basically the same record. Bulls have fallen off a bit, but uh, Celtics are um, on their heels. Um, yeah, what, uh, what's intriguing you right now about the top of that Eastern Conference? What's intriguing me right now is just how close it is. Like, just like the amount of games between second and sixth place in the East is like two games. <laughs> like, 
Like the parody that's going on in the East is ridiculous. And the Heat have only slightly pulled away from the pack. Yeah. Only slightly. So I, I am super looking forward to the Eastern playoffs when the NBA hits that. Because I think you want to watch some great basketball. You want to watch like the closest of these games. I think watching the Eastern Conference is where you want to be. That, that's the one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Now, and then as for the West, Western Conference, Suns are still good. And look at that. They're just, they're so good. Eight games. They're so that. good. Yeah, it's amazing. Eh? Yeah. Eight teams up. Uh, yeah. And and even without CP3, they've been just able to just keep rolling. Yeah, they keep rolling. And also, too, uh, the last game I just watched, which they won, they were missing CP3. They were missing Booker. And they were missing somebody else, but yeah. they just keep rolling. I'm, I'm, I'm super impressed with the team. Yeah. I'm super impressed with them. Warriors hitting a rough streak right now. I know what that's due to. It's due to the fact that their defensive stalwart and their defensive strategist genius, Draymond Green, yeah. not with the team right now. That back issue that he's suffering from is now a, lot, a little bit concerning because he's been out for quite some time. Yeah. I heard today that uh, he's targeting March the 14th to come back. So uh, one week today, uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, he gets back on the court. Uh, yeah, they're all, they've got two wins in their past 10 games, four in a row losses. Uh, and they've the, their record's still amazing, 43 and 21, but uh, they definitely have hit a rough patch. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he can come back a week from today. And they can turn this around. I, I think the Suns are locked for uh, first place in the yeah. in the whole league in the West for sure. Uh, Grizzlies have had an, a phenomenal year. I don't think uh, many people suspected they would be at the top of the conference like this, one of the best teams in the league. But um, yeah, Suns are the class of the league. But Warriors get healthy. Uh, Clay Thompson just doesn't seem himself. Uh, he just, I think he's had only one game where he scored 25 points or more. Uh, I think he's still winding into shape. Yeah, he's still working his way in and he's going to figure it out. I, I'm not, I'm actually not that worried about it. Like, it's just going to take him some time. You have to remember, he hasn't played NBA basketball for two over like two years. So yeah. it's going to take him a little bit of time to, get his legs underneath them to get used to the speed of the game, but it's going to come. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in that, in his abilities. Yeah. Um, James Harden hit a, uh, a three this evening and uh, he tied Reggie Miller for third all time, 2,563s. Uh, Ray Allen is second place with 2,900. And 73, and Steph Curry keeps pushing it up and up and up. Uh, he sits currently at 3,101. But James Harden tied uh, Reggie Miller for third all time, 2560. Yep, that's amazing that he's already done that. He's definitely going to be catching Ray Allen, obviously. Um, never thought I would see that, that in this modern era, that we'd see two guys surpass Ray Allen of all yeah. people. In threes. Yeah, it's shocking and incredible. Yeah. And uh, Harden's looked uh, phenomenal since he joined the Sixers. Uh, yeah, he definitely was sulking and not uh, playing to his full potential while he was in Brooklyn. 
Uh, looks like he's been rejuvenated again. It's amazing when just a change of scenery will all of a sudden get a guy to, I don't know, try his best, and, you know, play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always amazed at that. It's just like all of a sudden, hey, your hamstring, it's fine. That hand thing that was wrong with no more hand problem either. You're healthy. Amazing. <laughs> that's just amazing. That's, that's so cool. That's so good. But here's the one thing, the one person that's still not healthy or not good enough to play with the team yet, or sorry, what was, what was it that they said? He's ramping up for practice. Not to play the game, but practice. That was the guy that Harden was traded for. Ben Simmons? No. Hasn't got on the court yet. No. Odd. Very <laughs> weird. Hey, uh, <laughs> got a setback from sleeping on the couch too much. Uh, sitting on the couch uh, too much, got a setback. Uh, very <laughs> odd. Very weird. Yeah, it's uh, definitely not working out well for Brooklyn right now, this trade. No, of course not, because we're just asking you to play do you think you could play <laughs> I, I don't know ah, maybe we are asking too much pretty yeah. bad pretty bad <laughs> um julius randall got whacked with a fifty thousand dollar fine today uh he it, it's called initiating an on-court altercation so he shoved uh cam johnson and phoenix suns uh, then he made contact with a referee and um, then they tried to do an investigation in it. And he said, not going to talk to you, not interested in giving my side. <laughs> so uh, 50 K a little bit later in the wallet uh, bank account goes down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that um, yeah, I, that's quite a hefty fine. Uh, it, it is kind of, you know, like he had to go into his sock drawer and pull out that money to give to the league. But yeah, anyways, you can't do that. Can't do that. League gave him a little bit of a fine. So hopefully he learned his lesson. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw some amazing performances this past week. Both, Le uh, not, not both, LeBron. Jason Tatum and John Morant all scored 50 points. Uh, uh, that, that performance by LeBron was absolutely amazing uh, in the win against the Warriors. Uh, but he is out tonight and will miss his 18th game of the season with knee soreness. Uh, I guess it came at a bit of a price. Yeah, it did, but. Uh, he's an ageless wonder. How is he still doing this? <laughs> it's honestly, it's amazing. It, it is simply amazing. I understand why John Morant and Jason Tatum can, you know, like because they're, they're they're the future of the league. They're the new blood, but the old man is still getting it done. You know what I mean? He's yeah. Still getting it done. Well, it, it's tied for the third highest scoring game of his career. The most points he's ever scored as a Laker in four seasons there. And, uh, yeah, he's just – it doesn't seem like he's, yeah, getting old. But uh, his knees said, no, not playing tonight. Sorry. Thanks for your big performance. But uh, you, need, you need a day off now. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he does because, unfortunately, he's the only one that's playing really well on the Lakers. Like, it's him. Yeah. And it's just him. 
That's he it. Be, he became the fourth player in league history to score 50 points or more at the uh, over age 37. Oldest player in league history to post a 50 and 10 game. 37 years, 65 days. Uh, the record previously held by the GOAT, Michael Jordan, and that was 33 years, 19 days. So over four years older, uh, he got that. Uh, the list of players to score 50-plus points at age 37 or older, Jordan, Kobe, Jamal Crawford, and LeBron James. Ah, that's, 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 that's a pretty good list. I don't know how Jamal Crawford got in there. That's, a, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it must be nice to be a part of that company when that stat comes bringing up. Yeah, yep. I, I, I forgot that he had dropped that 50 at that late of an age. Yeah, no, that, that's 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 pretty good. That's 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 impressive. It's impressive and the other stuff. thing that uh, he also joined, uh, LeBron also joined Michael Jordan in, was the all, <clears throat> they were the only two players in history that have dropped fifty points in a game in three different decades. Jordan was eighties, nineties, and the two thousands. LeBron's is the two thousands, twenty tens, and twenty twenties. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> Uh, Jason Tatum had 54 over the Nets uh, and the Celtics win 126-120 on Sunday. Um, there's been 11 50-plus point games in the NBA this year. Uh, Tatum's the only guy that has more than one. And uh, he tied the immortal Larry Bird with four 50-point games. Uh, that's what Larry had in his career. That kind of shocked me. I thought Larry would have had maybe a dozen or so of those, but uh, Tatum, you know, starting to uh, quite often hit Larry Bird numbers. I'm hearing, you know, uh, you know, some of those comparisons here and there. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Tatum is, uh, yeah, one of those unstoppable forces right now. Yeah, well, anytime that you're compared to Larry Legend, you know you're doing good. You know you've done something very, very good. And you know what? I think. Larry Bird probably would have had more 50-point games if his back had held up, you know? Yeah. And then also, too, let's be honest, back in the day when they when he was playing, hard fouls were a must. You're coming <laughs> down the lane, you can't no hit doubt. hard. Yeah, no doubt. No, yeah. yeah, the games uh, the games changed a lot. Uh, yeah, we're not seeing those types of hard fouls when you're coming through the lane anymore like that. Yeah, you're right. Good, yeah. very good point. Uh, yeah, Tatum's leading the Celtics. Um, man, they have uh, really turned the season around. Uh, 22 and 8 in 2022. Uh, only Phoenix and Dallas have a better record in 2022. Uh, they were 17 and 19 as the calendar ended, and now they're 39 and 27 and sit fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Just just a game and a half back a second. Uh, amazing, uh, amazing transformation and turnaround. Uh, and, and Tatum's one of the biggest reasons for sure. He's one of the biggest reasons. Um, I, I give a lot of credit to their coach, Hidoka, managed to, to get the guys on board uh, with, with the program. Uh, their defense has went up exponentially uh, in, in effectiveness and how they're playing the game and how they're defending uh, their opponents from night in and night out. And then also, too, with Marcus Smart taking the challenge of being the point guard and making yeah. the right decisions for the team 
at critical points in times, and he's he's doing it. He's making it happen. And super great, super great. Yeah. Uh, John Morant uh, set his uh, most points in a game record back to back nights, and the Grizzlies franchise record. Um, he got 46 against the Chicago Bulls, and then two days later, he dropped 52 against San Antonio a week tonight. And, um, man, he is just, oh, what a joy to watch. Incredible that he's been able to emerge on the league at his size and being able to be so dominant. He has that it factor. He has that thing where he's like, well, if I'm going to watch any game, I'm going to watch the Grizzlies because that guy is freaking amazing. He's yeah. going to do something jaw-dropping, uh, just, just defying, you know. Yeah. That in that game where he dropped 52, I believe that was the game he had that jump that dunk on Jacob Purtle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was it. I think I'm gonna retire. I think I'm done. I think I'm done with the game. That was vicious. That was incredible. That was a that's definitely gonna be a poster on kids' walls for sure. That was oh, yeah. an amazing, amazing dunk. Uh that night that he scored 52. He did it on 22 for 30 shooting, uh, perfect four for four from three point range. That purse, that that amazing poster dunk, and uh, that uh, buzzer beater, uh, uh, half court buzzer beater. Um, just uh, yeah, uh, incredible, and and it makes me sad to know that we could have him here. Grizzlies would have just stayed. We would have him. We could see him every night live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but unfortunately, we had a certain like uh, group of people that wanted to sabotage the team while they were here. Yeah, and then that's why we don't have a team. So it would be great if the NBA would gift us with another team, but I I, I don't I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, well, there was some talk this past week about some NBA expansion to Vegas and possibly Seattle now that Seattle has their NHL team in a revamped arena. Um, man, that would be great. And if Seattle can get a team, then it makes logistics sense to have a team just up here a couple hours north of, of Seattle. Uh, but, um, yeah, I was kind of surprised that Vegas was in the mix. Uh I, I knew that they always wanted to come back to Seattle, but um, yeah, the possibility of two expansion teams coming. Well, I, I hope that first off, number one, I hope that Seattle definitely gets their team back because I, I didn't think that they should have lost it in the first place yeah. as number one. And number two, well, yeah, Vegas is going to get a team because Vegas got money. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Yeah, true. Hey? Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention uh, Nikola Jokic's uh, amazing performance last night. Uh, 46 points. He scored 30 points in the fourth quarter in overtime, leading his Nuggets to the big win over the Pelicans, 138-130. Um, in 17 minutes, he got 30 points. He got 12 rebounds, 11 assists, four blocks, and three steals. No one in the history of the NBA has recorded a stat line uh, like that, having that many steals, blocks, with a triple-double. That is his 17th triple-double of the season, and he's the reigning MVP. Everybody's talking about Embiid, but he's still throwing himself in the, that mix, and 
and Denver keeps winning, uh, he, he might win a back-to-back MVP title. And he would be deserving of it because, well, first off, we've never seen anybody like him. And he's playing at that elite level, and he's no longer a detriment on defense. In fact, he's a stalwart on defense. Yeah. And he showed it with those, with those stats of four blocks and three steals. And he's not fleet of foot. Still getting steals. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't believe the passes uh, he was he was dishing off last night, too. And, 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 you know, it's not just like pick and rolls that we're seeing with Denver. I'm seeing him make elite, incredible passes. And that guy's realizing that Jokic is the best option. So I'm going to make an amazing pass back to him. And he he's realizing now that he dishes the ball off. He's probably getting it back, too. And uh, it's it's fun to watch. They've won 10 of their last 12. They're on a really meteoric rise. Porter Jr. is coming back. Uh, hopefully Jamal Murray, too. And, uh, yeah, this is a, a team that uh, I, I really, really enjoy watching them. I love watching the team. And with this, uh, with Jokic coming into his own now, and then hopefully with Porter Jr. coming back from his back injury and Jamal Murray and hopefully they can find their stride. I think the Nuggets are going to be good for a very long time, as long as everybody can stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, KD reached uh, 25,000 points. Uh, he missed six weeks with a sprained MCL in his knee. Um, he's the 23rd player in NBA history to get 25,000 points. Um, but... He turned his back on the greatest team in the league and he went to this dumpster fire in Brooklyn. Uh, He kind of deserves this. Uh, He would have been able to probably already have a few more rings on his finger if he didn't go there. And uh, uh, you know, the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. He made a big mistake going to Brooklyn. Uh, They might not even make the playoffs the way things are going. Um, but, um, yeah, 25,000 points, an amazing career, 23rd player, only 22 players have ever reached this many points in the NBA history. Yeah. And he's still got a long ways to go because he's still going to be in the league for a very, very long time. Um, but the reason, but obviously the reason why he left Golden State was because it wasn't his team. It was Steph, uh, Steph Curry's team. And that's a big deal for these guys that are considered the best of the best. It's a lot of ego, and he wanted to create his own thing. But unfortunately, his own thing, you've seen it, has kind of imploded in his face, literally. And hopefully, his thing can still maybe be salvageable if that third guy decides to, you know, play. (laughs) If he decides to play. (laughs) If he wants to play, maybe if he plays. Take his time. He's, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna work. His, he's working his way into practice form. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're you're so funny. Uh, it's amazing, shocking that he's he's not on the court. Yeah, this is uh, insane. Yeah. <clears throat> um, when when Durant uh, hit his twenty five thousand, and they asked Kyrie after the game, they had a press conference, and they were sitting next to each other. Uh, Kyrie turned to KD and said, "You're a savant. You're an artist." You're amazing. And KD looked over at Kyrie and said, I should be at 30,000 right now, to be honest, not 25, 30. 
And so uh, that was a lot of confidence. Uh, did you catch that? Kyrie was Kyrie was praising didn't catch him. anything. Please, Kyrie was praising him for hitting that uh, twenty-five. He called him a savant, called him an amazing artist, and he said, "Ah, come on, I should have already been at thirty k by now." Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. All right. <laughs> I don't really have anything more to say to that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just a quick Raptors update. Uh, they've hit another little rough patch here. Uh, but Scotty Barnes, um, amazing pickup by the Raptors. Uh, really been impressed with this kid. Uh, he, him and Evan Mobley are, are sort of neck and neck for rookie of the year. And uh, it seems like Nick Nurse keeps giving Scotty more opportunity. Uh, he actually started at point guard last night for them. Uh, they had... Malachi Flynn and uh, Fred Van Vliet both hurt. So Scotty was their starting point guard and he didn't look out of place. Uh, yeah. Had another great game and uh, really impressed with this pickup and this kid, the way he plays and the, the, the passion that he seems to bring every night. Yeah. I, I love the fact that Nick nurse is trusting him more and more and giving him more and more roles and responsibilities and just seeing what he's actually capable of. And it looks like Scotty's kind of capable of anything and everything, whatever yeah. the coach wants him to do. And that's, that's awesome to see because he's just such a versatile player that you can plug and play him in, into any position. And mm -hmm. which is kind of the way that it looks like Nick Nurse is trying to build this team, which is um, that, to have these athletic wing guys all about six, seven, six, between six, seven, six, nine, and that they're interchangeable. Yep. And uh, the Raptors, I love the way that they compete. They're scrappy, and uh, they're, 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 they'll battle They'll battle you right to the bit of red. Yeah. Uh, Raptors seem to be sort of solidified into that seventh position in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they dropped the one to the Cavaliers the other night that really uh, moved it from one game to three games. Uh, deficit. Uh, now Cavaliers have won three out of the four games this year. So um, yeah, they have the tiebreaker as well, but uh, the Cavaliers were dealt a, a blow when Jared Allen broke his finger. Uh, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be difficult for them to not have him for a few weeks. Yeah, that, that's going to be a difficult thing for them to overcome for sure. Uh, it's, it kind of sucks because obviously he is uh, very integral to their defense and uh, to their pick and roll and all that sort of stuff. But uh, ah, they're going to have to make do without him and uh, keep uh, keep uh, pushing forward. Uh, Luca had a phenomenal game tonight. Uh, Dallas beat Utah 111-103. And uh, Luca had 35-16-7. Uh, uh, 16 rebounds, uh, uh, season high for him. Uh, he's, he's, uh, 17th in the league in rebounds, fifth in the league in assists and sixth in the league in scoring. Uh, that's how well-rounded a guy he is and another, uh, joy to watch. And, uh, yeah, Dallas is rolling along, uh, doing, doing great. Uh, big move with Porzingis out the door, but, uh, I think with Dinwiddie, great, great addition. 
um, they seem to be uh, and, and having, uh, yeah, they just seem to be cohesive now and, and looking good. No, they're looking great. And also, too, uh, Luca has reacted well to Jason Kidd challenging him. Mm. And uh, he is now in, you can tell he's in better shape. And it's paying dividends. It's paying dividends. He's looking fantastic. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, we've had, uh, unfortunately, lots of technical difficulties again tonight. Uh, hopefully, we can get this sorted out. We don't want that anymore. It's challenging when I don't know what you've heard from me. <laughs> <laughs> You're frozen. I'm frozen. Uh, it uh, makes for a challenging conversation. But, uh, yeah, either we got to do it in the same room or we got to figure out this technical uh, difficulties we have. But uh, anyway, it was a fun podcast as always. Great to get your takes on everything and um, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you too as well tomorrow. And uh, yes, we will figure this out. We will figure this out. Just give us some time. (laughs) Okay, good night, man. Cheers. Take care. All right. Bye. Okay, uh, we've reached the end of another edition of complete sports media's podcast thanks for sticking in and and getting through this technical issues ah uh, hopefully we can figure this out because yeah there's not a lot of frozen stuff again anyway um thanks again for all your support uh i do want to uh just talk about our partners and sponsors real quick uh, we've got Anchor, uh, phenomenal at being a, a great partner and sponsor. They are fin- really good at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. The easiest place to make a podcast, just go to anchor.fm. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And uh, yeah, just go over to our website, uh, purchase some products, uh, really good prices. Pampas and Possibilities, they design and sell dried florals, do floral arrangements and installations. Um, they have great handmade, handmade, curated, beautiful things with West Coast vibes at great, reasonable prices. And of course, last but not least, Forever Living, the Aloe Vera Company, they grow and manufacture aloe vera based products for health and beauty. So, uh, thanks again for our partners and sponsors as always. And, and uh, yeah, we appreciate your support. Uh, go to our website, completemedianetwork.com or completesportsmedia.com. Uh, tons of great content there as always. And hope you have a great, guys have a really great week ahead. And uh, yeah, lots of exciting things coming. So um, yeah, check in daily. Uh, thanks a lot. Enjoy your evening and take care. Have a great week ahead. Bye for now.